dodged a bullet. You know, I think you know they played they played extremely well. You know, we played well enough to win. You know, they played. Uh, you know, they bounced back like we knew they would. Played extremely well, and uh, we got out of here with a win. You know, we just did our job. Defended home court. You know, last two series we didn't do that. Put ourselves in. Uh, put ourselves in jeopardy. Having to go on the road and win the game three. And here we managed to do it. Now it's time to go to Orlando and um, you know, see if we can't get one. Still waiting for a big smile out of you. You're up 2-0. What's the story? Are you not happy, or you're only half happy, or still to be happy about? You're up 2-0. Job's not finished. Job finished. Well, I don't think so. Beautiful, don't you agree? Oh, isn't it so cute? First, uh, AD LeBron and Westbrook allegedly, <laughs> and now we got Kevin Durant making up with the Nets management. Oh, isn't that sweet? They kissed and made up, huh? Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's all they do is break up and make up. That's so sweet. That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah, so Annie made up with Steve Nash, too. Oh, man, that was a three-way kiss. That's that bird bad Lil Wayne. <laughs> Junior! <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It's great that we could get back together and shit. But, yes, I'm back in the building. Once again, it's on. First off, before we get into it, happy motherfucking birthday 
I don't say happy birthday to celebrities, nigga. Cause half of y'all niggas some weak niggas. But I do respect my elders. I do respect the dead. Happy motherfucking birthday to my Michael Jordan, Kobe, Bean, Bryant, nigga. He would have been 44 today. The legacy of Kobe, we, as I said on the Bill Russell episode, we must do our best to protect the Mamba's legacy. Stop leaving them out of top fives, pussy. Stop disrespecting. Stop saying he's overrated. Stop saying he's a ball hog. Stop saying he don't pass. The most assist by his position. Second most assist amongst nine point guards. Stop playing with this man. For real. Stop ranking him low on list. Stop using other players to disrespect Kobe. As a basketball player. Top two player of all time. Five time champion. Five and two in the finals. The real king. Black Mamba motherfucker. Now let's move on. Bitch. Yeah, we back on that shit today. Now, with Kevin Durant coming back to the Nets, I told you where I was going. I told you last show what it is. I think they'd be the third best team in the league. Hands down. Record-wise, that team is loaded. Top to bottom. They could go 12 deep. This is a championship contender. And oh yeah, this is King Known Uncensored. We finally doing the top 50 NBA players. Now I ain't gonna lie. I've been sweating. Pause. Sweating? Yeah, man. I've been working on this shit since the finals. A lot of y'all not gonna like this, and I'm gonna give a quick disclaimer too. There are players that did not play last year on this list. There are players that missed a shit ton of games that are on this list, so don't get in your feelings. I decided to change my format and to finally rank injured niggas. But here's what I did differently. I'm ranking injured players, right? I'm ranking injured players. But they're going to be a lot lower than they would have been on the list if they were healthy. That's going to be the major difference. Moving on. Now, you know... Sean Marks, Steve Nash, Josai, KD forgave each other, and they're willing to, to move on, and I'm guessing Kevin Durant is finally willing to commit to the contract that he signed. And last but not least, before we get into this top 50, congratulations to Nicki Minaj. After seven attempts, seven records, 50-11 records. She finally has a hit record. Super Freaky Girl has been 
is entering and debuting on the uh, Billboard 100 at number one. Now, me personally, I think this song is hot garbage. I think it's ass. I think it's one of the worst songs that she's ever done. But however, people, the people like what they like. And I gotta, I gotta give Nicki Minaj her flowers for being, for finally, for not giving up. Because a lot of artists would have quit. They put out six, seven records and none of them hit. Despite having Lil Baby on two of those records. And I happen to like uh, Bussin'. You know, even having a Drill record not, not hit. When Drill is the biggest thing in New York. And her being an artist from New York, you know, but Super Freaky Girl has finally cracked, you know, it's, it's, it's her first hit of the year. Hopefully she can make a, a, a comeback, man, because um, it's a lot of her fans that want to hear her music. Me. I'm not anticipating that this is going to be any good, but fuck it. Congratulations. Now, let's move on to this top 50. I don't know if y'all been waiting for it. I've been nervous about this moment for a while. I've even ran shit by so many, ran this shit by so many people. Some hated the list. Some liked the list. Some even helped the nigga out. I appreciate the help. Y'all know who the fuck y'all are. But let's do this shit, man. So number 50, this kid put on a clinic last year. This kid was in the G League to start the year, y'all, and ended up winning an NBA championship. That's a hell of a transition, I must say. But number 50... Jordan Poole, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Jordan Poole. I feel like he was robbed of so many awards last year. He should have been sixth man of the year and most improved player. Even though Hero, you know what I'm saying, definitely was um, a great candidate for that award, right? He was a wonderful candidate for that award and I understand why he won but Jordan Poole the things that he did last year was crazy man he got and and he improved from he improved this scoring by 6.5 points let's look at the stats of his last year man like this dude he averaged 19 a game Four assists, three rebounds off the bench. The playoffs last year, he averaged 17 points. Shot 92%, goddamn, from free throw line. Shot 92% last year from the free throw line. My God. Shot 45% from the field. As much as he chucked all those shots, 36% from three. This dude was was big time. Definitely worthy of being top 50 in the league, in my opinion. Last year, 
This guy was an all-star. He's one of the best centers in the league, one of the best shot blockers in the league, and was an all-star last year for a Cleveland team that just missed the playoffs. They ended up losing to an up-and-coming Atlanta team that was in the conference finals the previous year. Number 49, Jared Allen. Now, Jared Allen definitely made an impact. Like, I know the Nets are kicking themselves in the head for missing out on a premier center and a premier shot blocker and an all-star. I know they're shooting themselves in the foot right now as we speak. Last year, he averaged 16 points and 11 rebounds for a Cleveland team that pretty much made the play-in but lost. Number 48. Did not play last season and has not played since last April. Hence why he's number 48. Because if he's healthy, he's definitely in that top 30 conversation. Number 48, Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray is going to get back to business. Because if you know Jamal Murray, like I know Jamal Murray, playoff Jamal Murray... The season before he got injured, he was averaging 24 a game. And he's going to provide instant help to the MVP in Jokic, who held it down in his absence. The last playoffs he played in, he averaged 27 a game. I know it was the bubble, but Jamal Murray does Jamal Murray things when it matters, and that's playoff basketball. Number 47. He was He's a solid player. I like him, but I feel like this year he has to take the next step. Number 47, Pascal Siakam. Now, Siakam had a decent season last year playing center which is something that I never thought that he could play, in my opinion. But yeah, man, Pascal was a solid player for the Raptors last year. He averaged 23 a game, nine rebounds. Damn, I didn't even know he was like that last year. Shit. He's a hell of a player, in my opinion. Damn. Average the same in the playoffs. 23 a game. Golly. Damn. I'm starting to think I ranked this man too low. But I got to eat that L. I got to eat those L's, man. God damn. I underestimated Pascal Siakam's. Shit. Mmm. I knew he was he was good, but god damn. 46. 
This dude did not play last year. He almost played last year, but his team did pretty well in his absence. Number 46, Zion Williamson. Now, yes, I made a lot of fat jokes about Hercules, 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 but it seems like he's turning the corner onto the right path. And with a team that has a lot of pressure like New Orleans, now that they acquired C.J. McCollum to go alongside the two, this team shouldn't have any problem. Because the last time he did play, he averaged 27 and 7 a game. He's got to get those rebounds up. He's too damn big to average just 7. I don't care if he's undersized or not. He got to get those rebounds up. But yes, when Zion's on the floor, he's a threat. Has an underrated jumper, underrated mid-range jumper. Can jump out the gym, of course. Everybody know that. Um, the dude, you know, can can play some defense, perimeter, and interior, and is also an underrated passer. Can you imagine what the Pelicans can get if you can get him for at least I don't know, 60, 70 games? Shit, New Orleans fuck around and upset some teams in the playoffs. You watch, I'm telling you. I don't count out Brandon Ingram, and I for damn sure wouldn't count Brandon Ingram out if Zion Williamson is present. So moving on. Now, number 45, he is a player that I think should be a little bit more, like, should give a little bit more. I think next year he'll finally have his chance to actually see if he was worthy of the hype when he was drafted a few years back. A lot of players give him his props for his game, but he's never been in a winning situation yet in his career due to the franchise that he plays for. But he's still a quality player, and I liked him in a lot of games that I saw him play. Number 45, De'Aaron Fox. Now, De'Aaron Fox has to take that next leap in his career if he wants to be considered like respectable. I mean, he's only been playing four or five seasons and last year he was pretty solid. 23 a game, six assists. That's not bad. And I think he'll uh, average around the same playing alongside Malik Monk, his former college teammate, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Keegan Murray, sure is going to help his assist they got a couple of good passers on this team I think De'Aaron Fox is a bucket but he hasn't necessarily proven that he can win games yet number 44 now I know what you're thinking I mean He's a good player, but last year he was disappointing in the playoffs, especially the Mavericks series when, you know, his numbers will tell you differently, but I watched that series. Like, I feel like this kid should have averaged 25 and 12 on Dwight Powell. Number 44, DeAndre Ayton. Now, during the regular season, Ayton was solid, 
But he needs to be a better shot blocker, in my opinion. You know. He's only 20, uh, he's turning 24. If not, he is 24. I mean, he, this this last season, he averaged 17 and 10. He's not bad. He's actually averaging what he should be averaging. But his total rebounds ended up going down in the playoffs. He went from averaging like 10 a game to like 9 or 8.9, which is 9 in my opinion. But he needs to be a better shot blocker. I feel like the season that they made the finals, he was a lot more aggressive on the defensive end. This year, he kind of like, you know, and that's why Monty Williams had to chew him up like the, the way he did because he was right. He did quit. And that game seven was just so embarrassing how Dallas did Phoenix. But I, I feel like Aiton can bounce back, especially with that new contract. Because there was there was a reason why Phoenix kept passing them up for a contract extension. But it took for Indiana to make an offer for Phoenix to match. Number 43. You know, this is another victim. This is another De'Aaron Fox. A guy that's a victim of a shitty franchise who has not done anything. But win a playoff game within the last God knows how long. My goodness. Not since Carmelo Anthony left. But this kid had a standout season. He had some big games last year. He's got a lot of potential. I just feel like they got to put better pieces around him so that his team can win. But my player at number 43, R.J. Barrett. Now, R.J. Barrett averaged 20 points per game and six rebounds per game. I feel like he needs to pass the rock a little bit more. He gets a little bit too caught up in the ISO. He's got to be a little bit better defensively as well. In order for the Knicks to even sniff the play in, I think he's going to go up from 20 to 25. I think he can average 25 points per game. But I feel like they have to trade Randall in order for RJ to, like, explode into a star player. Because he definitely has that potential. Number 42, Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year. Now, Smart, he has good games and he has some awful games. I mean, last year, if you looked at the numbers, you'll be like, how the fuck is he top 50? Well, I mean, obviously, the defensive player of the year helps his case. Yeah, and during the regular season, he only averaged 12 points per game and six uh, assists. And some games he played the point when they didn't necessarily have a point guard up until Derek White came over. And now they got a real point guard in Malcolm Brogdon now. Now, despite me talking shit about Smart, Smart had some pretty good playoff games. He also had some bad playoff games. 
And his shining moment was when, during the sweep of the uh, Brooklyn Nets, he showed up in this series, making life difficult for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Number 41, he's a multi-defensive player of the year candidate. I feel like um, offensively, he's definitely allergic to offense, which is understood as to why his team last year froze him out of the offense and was a big reason as to why they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs and yet another disappointing playoff run. Number 41, Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert's numbers are solid. You know, a lot of people have been talking shit about his lack of offensive skill set. That's very understandable because that is also true. But to have such a lacking of an offensive skill set and to be a liability on the perimeter as far as perimeter defense and 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 the target of a lot of point guards running the pick and roll, He averaged 16 and 15 last year. Those are solid numbers for a big man. I know a lot of people say that he should average a lot more. I get that. Those are pretty solid numbers. And his his offensive production dropped last year in the Dallas series. He only averaged 12 points and 13 rebounds. Very Andre Drummond-esque with better defense. But him joining the Timberwolves, I think it's going to help them as far as rim protection. Nothing more. Number 41. Um, his offensive production, I think it should really start next year. I don't think he should be the sixth man anymore. I think they've been bullshitting with this kid. This is only his fourth season coming up. And he's one of the league's bright young players. Um, Number 41. Number 40. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero had was the sixth man of the year last year. He was very solid for Miami up, in, up until that he got injured. I think if Hero doesn't get injured, I think Miami ends up beating Boston, in my opinion. Because Miami had these motherfuckers. Jimmy Butler had to play extended minutes for them to have a chance. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Right? He averaged 21 points per game last year off the bench. Shot 40% from three last year. Tyler Hero is a bucket. He got game. He only averaged 13 in the playoffs, though. He didn't shoot it. He didn't shoot it well in the playoffs. And that's another part of the reason why he's ranked a lot lower than he should be. Number 39. Now this kid tore it up last year. When he got the opportunities. To shine, you gotta, you gotta understand. This is his second year. 
I knew as a rookie, like, he was going to be a problem. Like, he averaged 18 points per game last year. This as a third option. And most of the time, he was the second option before uh, the James Harden trade. Number 39, Tyrese Maxey. Now, Tyrese Maxey is a uh, is going to be a quality player. I wouldn't be surprised if he upped his scoring because last year in the playoffs, he averaged 21 points per game. He was solid for Philly, man. He is going to be big. And I think him, Harden, and, and, and Embiid is going to be a lethal three. I'm not saying big three. I'm just saying like a team with three options that are reliable. It's giving Milwaukee Bucks vibes. Where you have your dominant player. They just don't have a, a, a defensive player out in that three. You know, Joel Embiid plays defense, but I can't call him like a defensive player of the year candidate. That's what I mean. And speaking of defensive player of the year candidate, who has been getting hold, the, uh, my number 38 has been getting hold for defensive player of the year damn near every season. And is a solid third option to the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday, ladies and gentlemen. Now this dude is a, a reliable veteran player. As a third option, he averaged 18 a game, averaging seven assists and two steals. This is what we call a quality pro basketball player. He does everything you ask him to do. Hell, he even shot 41% from three last season. He's not really a, a great three-point shooter. That's what's crazy. He shot 50% from the field. My God. Damn, I'm starting to think I might have ranked him a little bit too low for 38. Now, number 37, I know some people might be mad at, at what I think, but I don't give a fuck. Cry me a river. This guy is a consistent player, and he ended up getting injured during uh, the second, th during the first round of the playoffs, that lingered into the second round of the playoffs, where he missed a lot of games. Number thirty-seven, Chris Middleton. Now Middleton is a solid player when he's in the lineup, a reliable number two option. I mean, last year he was no different. I think that if he plays that game seven, I think Milwaukee would have gotten past Boston. Middleton ended up averaging 20 a game, which is around what he should be averaging, 25 and 5. These are solid numbers. Shots, um, 37% from three. That should go up next year. 
Um, the Bucks pretty much have the same squad. I mean, Chris Middleton has a role. He plays it well. I'm not going to really give him, like, I don't think he's a superstar. Definitely an all-star, though, I guess. But I'm not one of his biggest fans, but at the same time, he's reliable as fuck for his team, and you got to give him his foot at. Number 36. I was disappointed in him in the playoffs last year. Like, he was a complete contrast. I know he's still young, though. I mean, he's only, he's entering his sixth season. But I feel like last year, if he would have just been a little bit more offensively assertive, I think he would have got to the NBA Finals. My player at number 36, Bam Adebayo. Bam at a buyout average 19 and 10. I feel like he should average 23, 24 points. Am I crazy for thinking that? I mean, his numbers went significantly down. Like, Capella was kind of uh, shutting him down before he, he uh, got injured last year. I mean, he only averaged 15 and 8. Ooh, I know a lot of fan duel motherfuckers was pissed. Yeah, I always bet it under on Bam. Always bet it under on him in the playoffs. That was just me. But he was disappointing in the playoffs. That's why I ranked him so low. He could do so much better. Like, I feel like he's got to be assertive in the playoffs as well as the regular season. Number 35. Now, as a third option, his numbers were great for a third option. But the fact is that this dude is a a third option. Now, if he was on his own team where he was the focal point, he's easily 23 and 12. And it's not even no joke. Number 35, Nikola Vucevic. I feel like Vucevic was was pretty reliable in the playoffs. Despite Zach Levine not being 100%. Despite the Bulls not necessarily having the best chemistry. But in my opinion, though, I think they just ran into the wrong opponent in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not a team that Chicago wanted to see in the first round. Especially with the East being as loaded as it was last year. Chicago needed a top three seed. I'm not going to lie. I mean, last year, I mean, his averages dropped a little bit, but that's normal. I mean, he averaged 18 points and 11 rebounds as a third option. You know what that reminds me of? Kevin Love. That's what that reminds me of. Being hella solid. He played 73 games. I watched Vucevic. He was pretty good last year in his role. I mean, he's still averaging a double-double. That's all you could ask for. Number 34. This dude... I criticized him. I bagged on him for years. Shitted on him for years. Underestimated him and underrated him for years because I hadn't seen what everyone else has seen. And all he needed 
was a playoff run with one of the greatest franchises in today's basketball to prove himself. And I was sold. Number 34, Andrew Wiggins. Now, Wiggins had improved his game. I mean, obviously, sometimes it takes a while for you to, uh, for your game to translate. And he reminds me of Iguodala, but Iguodala, you know, showed up in Philly. You know what I'm saying? Wiggins wasn't necessarily showing up in Minnesota. But once he got to Golden State, he learned a lot from Steph Curry. And Steph Curry had Andrew Wiggins looking like, I mean, he had him, and he was also an all-star. Can't forget about that. And I talked a lot of shit. And during that playoff run, he showed up when it mattered. He averaged 17 a game last year. Pretty decent for, damn. I mean, in the playoffs, he was the number two option for them. During the season, though, he was like the fourth option for them. I mean, he averaged 17 and eight. He got better with rebounding. That's the thing that put him higher on the top 50 was he improved all around as a rebounder because he wasn't a great rebounder. And he knew that. And once he realized how easy rebounding was, he bossed the fuck up. Number 33. Who would have thought this guy would have been the the reason why this team made the playoffs? Who would have thought that he would get traded from the franchise that drafted him after all these years, seeing as that franchise was going a different direction? Number 33, C.J. McCollum. Now, C.J. McCollum is going to be key. And he's going to be a third option this year. Last year, as the number two option, McCollum was serving niggas up in their playoff run. They were giving the Suns the number one seed, the business. Can you imagine a full year with this uh, New Orleans Pelicans team? I mean, last year, he averaged 22 points per game. and was a solid, consistent score. And his numbers went up in New Orleans. In New Orleans, he averaged 24 points per game when he was there. His shooting improved to like 49% there. His three-pointer was at 39%. An improvement from 38%. In six playoff games, he averaged 22 points per game and seven rebounds. And CJ not even like known for rebounding. Yeah, it's going to be scary hours next season. For the Pelicans. Number 32. Now, if he was on another, if he was on a playoff contender averaging these numbers, he'd be an all-star. I mean, if you look at his numbers now, 25, 5, and 6. But unfortunately, he plays for OKC. 
Number 32, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a great 3 and D player. He's excellent on both sides of the floor. He finishes well at the rim. He's hella explosive. And not to mention, he's one of the league's most underrated players. You got to give a guy like that his, his props for holding it down. And I think they're going to be a lot better than a lot of people think next year. And I feel like his numbers are going to skyrocket. And I do believe that Gilgis Alexander will be an all-star next year. You can, you, can, you can print that. Number 31. He this this guy had an up and down playoffs. His numbers went down a lot as well. He was productive sometimes, but he was very inconsistent during the playoffs last year because some games he looks like himself, and in some games he looks like himself. <laughs> yeah, if you get the picture. Number 31, Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul might have had one of the best playoff games I've ever seen last year. But he also had one of the worst playoff games that I've ever seen. All in the same year. And it's just a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. I mean, he's turning 38 next year. He'll be 37 when the season starts. I mean, last year he averaged 15 and 11 which is around what he should be averaging because technically he's the third option. He's not a number one option anymore. He never really was a number one option, to be honest. He's more like a number two option on a basketball team. I mean, dude's entering like his 18th year. And I don't think he gets enough props for playing well in some stretches. But here's the thing of why Chris Paul fell so far. I feel like he, he was a complete letdown versus Dallas. At least Booker was coming off a hamstring. That ain't an easy injury to, to come back and play on. You know, everybody's saying, well, Chris Paul was hurt, too. He played, though. He didn't miss many games, though. He didn't miss any games. Whose fault is that? But I feel like Chris Paul... And them are probably going to be like in the same place as they were last year. You know, they have the same team as they did last year. Number 30. Oh, man. I hope this guy one day can get him a good team around him. It's, I feel like they should rebuild. His team should rebuild a better roster around him. Because they've been so close to making the playoffs all the years that he's played, and they've never gotten over the hump. But him as an individual basketball player, he was also 
an all-star last year in his second season. Number 30, LaMelo Ball. Now, LaMelo Ball had a very good season. He averaged 20 points per game. I didn't even know that. God damn. He averaged eight assists per game, seven rebounds. Shot 39% from three. Jesus. LaMelo is that nigga. I definitely ranked him perfectly at number 30. Like, I watched some Hornets games. But, unfortunately, they were just potential. Not necessarily like, you know, that team to be reckoned with, you know? They were up and down. Number 29. This guy was the third option on the team last year. I believe he was the third option. I could be wrong, though. Well, technically, he is the second option. My bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. I apologize. He wasn't the second option during the playoffs. But coming off of a knee and an ACL, coming off an Achilles injury on separate legs, ladies and gentlemen, to come back and average 20 points per game is amazing. You know, he only played 32 games, but he was incredible. And in the playoffs, averaged 19 a game. Number 29, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson may be a top three shooter in today's game right now. Maybe top two alongside Steph. Like, Clay, Clay was dunking on niggas last year. When he dunked, I was like, oh, my God, this dude is back. My goodness. He played well. Hit big shots. Got to give it up to Clay Thompson, number twenty-eight. Although his numbers would, I mean, I mean, he's an all-star. Don't get me wrong, but Zach Levine has to tap in. To, uh, hey, hey, yeah, number twenty-eight is Zach Levine, but Zach Levine has to tap in to that superstar, and he has to improve on the defensive end. I feel like defensively he should be a lot better than what he's given us. I mean, last year he averaged 24 a game, five rebounds, five assists. Those are definitely all-star level numbers, in my opinion. I really like Zach Levine, but it's just something missing. I know he's a number two option in Chicago. And I think Chicago will be a lot better than they were even last year. It just depends on their first-round opponent, though. You know, some teams, it don't really matter who the second option is. 
you know, with Chicago, it does matter. Number 27. I made fun of him all last year for being out of shape. I got on his head. But if you look at his numbers, these are pretty solid. I, I got a... Uh, <laughs> for real, this nigga, one of his nicknames is Honey Bun and Jimbo Slice. Perfectly fitted names for my guy at number 27, James Harden. Now, if you look at these numbers, you would say, hey, you're ranking him too low. Because last year, he averaged 22 points per game, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists. But it's just the, the inconsistency for me during the playoffs, as always, that make me feel this way about Hart. Because we know he's better than this. If he could get those numbers up to 24, 9, and 11, I'd rank him top 15 easily. I mean, last year he only averaged 21 points per game in Philly, but he did average 11 assists when he got traded to Philadelphia. In Brooklyn, it was around the same the same numbers. I mean, I kind of like Harden playing the point. I've always liked and enjoyed Harden playing the point guard position over the two because Harden has that ability to finish at the rim, but he was just out of shape most of last year. He didn't necessarily recover that Achilles like he was supposed to. Now, he, he dropped the weight, he's been working out, and he's gotten skinny again. He went under the knife. He, he went and got the funk flex. But I expect Harden to have a better season than he did last year. Number 26. This, this kid made his first all-star team and was traded from the franchise that drafted him. I didn't know he's been playing. Uh, uh, I didn't know this is his, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five. This is his seventh NBA season. I didn't know that. Last year, he was a fucking beast. Number 26, DeJounte Murray. Now, I truly believe that Murray is going to go out clowning in Atlanta. I think he's going to clown in Atlanta because he's alongside Trey Young. He's going to make the game so much easier for a Trey Young. And I think that's arguably one of the best backcourts in basketball. Last year, he averaged 21 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. Imagine him alongside Trey Young. Those assist numbers are going to go up. And I think those rebounds might go up. I'm starting to think I might have ranked Murray a little bit low. You see, you got to be a real man to critique your own motherfucking self. You got to be a real man to do that shit.
Number 25. If not for a disastrous playoff run last year after making the finals, I would rank this dude a lot higher. I do understand that he came back from a hamstring, but my nigga, to lose like y'all, it's not about the losing that pisses me off. It's how you lost. Number 25, Devin Booker. Now, D-Book is a dope player, man. D-Book has that top 10 player potential, but it's only potential. And it's a reason why I ranked him there because of how he lost as the number one option on his team. You got to hold these players accountable when they mess up. Now, last season, he did what he was supposed to do, 27-5-5. Them assists might go up next year. And in the playoffs, his numbers went down. You know, 23 a game. Shot 43% from three. He wasn't that bad. You can tell that the Suns did miss him in that New Orleans series. They barely got up out of there, and they were a one seed. You know, but this is another case of a great regular season, but a disappointing playoff run. A lot of people were picking Suns Warriors in their conference finals last year. I was one of them. But I feel like D-Book was a letdown. Number 24. Now, a lot of y'all are going to be upset about this, but I feel like he's a great player. He's just on the wrong team, and this man got one of the biggest checks I have ever seen last year, and then also, he only played 40 games. Number 24, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal... I, I, I cannot wait to see him and Perzingis play together. That's going to be a hell of a duo. I think. And I think he's going to help Perzingis crack the top 50 for next year. I mean, when he's on the court, Washington has a chance to win every game. But unfortunately, in the Eastern Conference where it's pretty loaded, it's going to be hard for Washington to make the playing game, even with the improvements that they made. Number 23 was a first-time All-Star and almost got his, got his team to the playoffs last year. Number 23, Darius Garland. Now, Darius Garland was balling last year. 22 points per game, 9 assists. Pretty much all you can ask out of your all-star point guard. I think it's a good balance. Garland is a scary player. He definitely also was robbed out of most improved player consideration as well, I think. Garland's one of the league's brightest young stars. Number 22. Oh, man. If healthy, 
This guy's a top 10 player, arguably top five, but he can never seem to get it together. He's also entering his 10th season this year. 11th season, I should say, my bad. Number 22, Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis, when he's on the court, he's very reliable. But if you look at the last two seasons, he's played a total of 76 games. And it's 82 games in a season. This has to be very disappointing for Anthony Davis fans. I mean, last year, I mean, his numbers were great last year. He averaged 23 points per game and 10 rebounds. He was very solid when he was playing. Injuries have made his stock drop. And it's just the weirdest injuries for me. Yeah, I was disappointed in Anthony Davis last year. I thought he was gonna like and they don't hold him accountable for, like, what the fuck is going on with this dude. Like, why does he get hurt so much? Is it his workout regimen? Is he eating bad food? What is it? But like I said, if Anthony Davis plays 72 games, he's arguably a top 10 player in the league. And he was also, and then another reason why I ranked him so low, the Lakers won 33 games, and he's partially responsible for that. You are technically, maybe, if healthy, the best player on the team, arguably. There's no way that LeBron James at the age of 38 is the number one option. You gotta, he's got to be ashamed of himself for letting that old-ass nigga play all those minutes because your ass ain't healthy. Fucking ridiculous. Let's move on, man. Number 21. Man, last year, he was a part of a team that was disappointing. Now, I do understand that 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 team did suffer multiple injuries and he missed a chunk of the season due to him not abiding by, you know, the league's protocols until the rules were changed, of course, for him to come back. And, you know, there's mixed feelings about this guy. Number 21, Kyrie Irving. Now, when Kyrie is on the court, with the team consistently they can win a shit ton of games I mean in the 29 games he did play he averaged 27 4 and, 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 and 6 assists per game so now he did have a disappointing playoff run except that game that first game when he was in Boston where they scored where he scored a shit ton of points
How many points was that? He had 35 points. 35 points. My God. Oh, it was 39. My bad. 39 points, ladies and gentlemen. And then after that, he was a complete no-show after that. But however, I think with if Kyrie plays 60 games, I think the Nets will be completely fine. Number 20. This is another player to me that he's inconsistent. Some games he looks tough. Some games he looks soft. Some games he looks like Ben Simmons. He goes from Charles Barkley to Ben Simmons every other game. It's got to be a little bit more consistent for him to be like up there. Number 20, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves did have a great regular season. He did average 25 and 10, which is Anthony Davis numbers. Shot it well from the three. He shot 41%. You know, he also proclaimed he was the greatest big man shooter of all time, which is bullshit. Shot 53% from the field. Regular season, Carl Anthony Towns was great. In the playoffs, he was decent. He, he, he was uh, averaging 22 and 11 in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they were playing a better team in, in the Memphis Grizzlies. But I feel like Carl Anthony Towns has to turn it on. You can't turn it on when you want to. Turn it on all the time. It's just something missing. It's, it's a lot of toughness missing from him. He's got the skills. He's just got to keep it consistent mentally. Number 19. Man, I used to think he was underrated as hell. I'm not going to lie. But I feel like number 19 is a perfect place for him because last year, I felt like he could have done a lot better. They really should have won that series last year. He experienced an early exit. Donovan Mitchell at number 19. Now, Mitchell had a pretty good regular season. You know, the usual 26, uh, 4 and 5. Not bad. The playoffs, though, shot 39% from the field, 20% from three, 26 points per game. It's not too bad. But Mitchell last year was way better. It was just this year, it was really disappointing.
18. Now, this guy was born in the playoffs. And by the attitude that he displays, this is the kind of toughness that Carl Anthony Towns needs to rub off on him. Mind y'all, this is his second season. And he's already in the playoffs showing his ass. I mean, last year he averaged 21 a game, but during the playoffs, in his first playoffs, he averaged 25 points per game. Number 18, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards showed he was big time, he was reliable, and probably one of the best players in the league. A.E. is a fucking problem, ladies and gentlemen. And will be a problem for years to come. I know y'all saw that, uh, that Adam Sandler movie and shit. He's really like that. Number 17. I feel like he should have been considered a most improved player candidate as well. Like this dude broke out, was an all-star. And hit a lot of big shots during the regular season for his team. Number 17, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, during the regular season, a lot of people were putting him in the top 10 because of how he put the Chicago Bulls on his back and carried them to the playoffs. But again, DeMar DeRozan has always had great regular seasons. His issue was poor play in the playoffs. I mean, this year, it's no different. The same, he has the same problem. He only averaged 21. His average dropped from 27 to 28 to 21. Understandably, he was playing Milwaukee. I get that. But still, he had some horrible games last year in the playoffs. Had a spark when he started, and then in the playoffs, he farted. Number 16. This man, also, I always felt like he was the one. I always felt like this kid is an all-star and could have superstar potential. He's going to be on one of the best teams in the league this year. And I think that this team finally takes a leap. Number 16, Brandon Ingram. Now, B.I. went nuts in the playoffs. This is another player like Anthony Edwards that was born in the playoffs. 27-6-6 in the playoffs in his first ever playoffs. That's got to count for something. This dude is dangerous. And once he improves on the defensive end, it's over. This current position might jump up. But I always knew Brandon Ingram was that guy. Number 15. He didn't play that much last year as he suffered from abdominal pain that he did not get fixed for three seasons. He said he's been suffering from that abdomen he only played 29 games and he didn't look that great in those games mind you this player is my favorite player in the world as we speak 
favorite player in all the basketball. Number 15, Damian Lillard. Now, Damian Lillard, you know, I'm glad he went and got that surgery on that abdomen because he was killing like other years. I mean, last season, 24 points and seven assists is not bad. I get that. He only shot 40% from the field and 32% from three. That's not like, that's not day. And I'm sure next year with this new group of players, I think Dame's going to be motivated. I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the playing game next year. Now, number 14, number 14, I feel like he could have been on the top 75. He'll definitely probably be on the top 100 list if they ever expand that list to 100. Number 14, did not play many games last year. He played a lot more games than I thought. He played 31 games. I mean, coming off one of the better playoff runs that I've seen, obviously the greatest playoff run in team history. I thought he played way less games than 31. But number 14, Paul George. Now, PG, in the games that he played, was very effective. I mean, 24, 7, and 6, those are his numbers normally. Those are normal. I mean, he only played the playing game, but he played into the last bucket. They were a bucket away from making the playoffs last year without their best player in Kawhi Leonard. But when he's on the court, he's arguably the best second option in basketball. And I say arguably because later on, spoiler alert, But yeah, man, tough. Number 13, this player is a, definitely an old school NBA player. Definitely a guy that will play until his body gives out. And last year he was no different. I mean, he only averaged 21, six and six, but during the playoffs, this is another guy that's like Jamal Murray. Like, last year in the playoffs, he averaged 27, 7, and 5. That is tough. Number 13, Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler was very effective throughout the whole playoffs. He's probably one of the best players in the playoffs. Definitely top three, top five players in the playoffs last season. He took that Heat team as far as they could. They were one, they were two minutes away from the Eastern, from the uh, NBA Finals. So it wasn't like the Heat failed. Yes, they were the number one seed, I get that, but they lost to the number two seed, which is not bad. Number 12, ooh, this is gonna be controversial. A lot of y'all are not gonna like this. You're gonna call me a hater. You're gonna call me this, that, and the third. I don't give a fuck though. Kiss my ass. 
Number 12, LeBron James. I know a lot of y'all gonna be mad. I do believe that LeBron is still a superstar despite the ranking. But when we get into the top 10, I will explain a little bit further. But right now, the reason why LeBron is number 12 is because 33 and 49 as the number one option, it's not gonna cut it for the hype that you receive every day. You're the talking point on every sports show, but you couldn't take a team with five Hall of Famers to the NBA playoffs. That's a strike. Yes, he averaged 38 and six. That's great for a regular season player. But you got dudes doing that on mediocre teams and they don't rank them top 10. There's no excuses for how poorly this Lakers team failed and you were the leader. You were the number one player on that team. So in order for him to be held accountable, he's gotta get ranked number 12, despite the great numbers that he had. Number 11. Now I view this guy as the best second option in basketball. It's between him and PG, really. But he put on some great playoff performances, played great defense on both sides of the court. And a lot of people argue between him and his teammate on who was the better player throughout the playoffs. Number 11, Jalen Brown. A lot of people are going to be pissed off because I ranked the second option above LeBron. Well, this is the best second option on a team that went to the NBA Finals. I mean, he puts numbers up like a star player. So he should get that treatment, right? Just saying. And I think personally right now, I think Jalen Brown is a better basketball player. That's just me. But anyway, Jalen Brown averaged 24, 6, and 4. Not bad. Playoffs around the same, except he averaged seven rebounds and four assists. Still not bad. Definitely the best second option in the game. Number 10. Now let's go back to LeBron James being ranked number 12. As far as I'm concerned, um, number 10 is Trey Young, right? No introduction needed. Ice Trey and the Atlanta Hawks had a rocky start. See, this the Lakers could have followed this blueprint, right? But the difference is they didn't get it, the Lakers didn't get it done. And the Atlanta Hawks showed how you were supposed to make the play-in game, win out, and make the playoffs. And Ice Trey was no different. LeBron averaged 30, Ice Trey averaged 28. Ice Trey averaged four rebounds, LeBron averaged eight four rebounds. Eight rebounds, right? And then LeBron averaged six assists, Ice Trey averaged nine assists. Well, 10 assists actually, my bad. 
Similar numbers, correct? Across the board. Similar numbers. But Atlanta was a 10 seed, ladies and gentlemen. They were 10th in the East. They beat um They beat Cleveland and they beat Charlotte in order to get the eight seed in the playoffs. And then they won a playoff game off of Miami, the number one seed. Trey Young didn't play well in the playoffs. He only averaged 15, five, and six because the Miami Heat were keying in on Trey. So you got LeBron and Ice Trey who had great regular seasons you got LeBron that missed the playoffs and you got Ice Trey that made the playoffs and won a game that is why I rank Trey Young and Jalen Brown above LeBron James but Ice Trey I think with the addition of DeJounte Murray I think that's going to help him out it may lower his ranking a little bit but it's for his benefit so that he won't be getting hurt every year like Steph used to. Number nine, this player made a major leap. Although his team played better without him record-wise, when he's on the court and focused, he's a very good player. Number nine, John Morant. Now, John Morant, this season averaged 27 points per game, six rebounds, and seven assists. Ja in the playoffs averaged 27 points, eight rebounds, and 10 assists, y'all. The season before that, he averaged 30 points and eight assists. Yeah, he's definitely a solidified, certified top 10 player. You can't argue this. Not no way, not no how. The Memphis Grizzlies were a number two seed in the Western Conference. I mean, I understand the West was weak last year. But Memphis on both sides of the floor, you know, they talked a lot of shit and backed some of it up. Not all of it, but some of it. And I definitely want to see another Grizzlies Warriors series. And Morant missed a couple of key games in that series. And he tried to play up until, you know, the injury. Number eight did not play all last year. He tore his ACL in the playoffs a season and, and a half ago. But I do believe, like, when he was on the court, he was very effective. Let's look up let's look up these numbers man number eight Kawhi Leonard the last time we seen him on the court he was very reliable ladies and gentlemen he was averaging 30 points per game eight rebounds four assists and it, when he returns it's gonna be a lot of the same Number seven, although when engaged and, I mean, he's a superstar. Let's not get that fucked up. 
he is definitely a superstar. During the regular season, he missed some games. He missed probably the last half of the season. And by the time the playoff, the, the play-in began, he was ready. Last season, he averaged 37 and 6. Number seven, Kevin Durant. Now, I know a lot of y'all are going to be like, what the fuck? He's a top five player. He's one of the best players in the world. Well, if he was the best, how come he couldn't win a playoff game last year? I just want to know. If he's your so-called savior or whatnot, how come his numbers went down in the playoffs to 26, 6, and 6? If he's so-called the best player in the world. How come he let those young niggas in Boston snatch his, his crown off him with the head still attached to him? How come he shot 39% in the playoffs and 33% from three? That's not KD. That was my only reason why I dropped him out of the top five. You know, he had a great season up until that injury. But to not win a playoff game, that does definitely hurt your stock a little bit, in my opinion. Even Joker and them won a playoff game. My goodness. Number six. Um, he got a lot of criticism for a lot of inconsistency in the playoffs. He was dark day and night. I mean, last season he averaged 27, 8, and 4. Who am I talking about? Jason Tatum. This is the kid that took the head off of Kevin Durant. Took the crown and the head in the guillotine. He put him in the guillotine. He averaged similar numbers to KD. 27, uh, 8, and, five, and 4. During the playoffs, you know, he averaged 26, 7, and 6. Didn't shoot it particularly well from the field, but still shot um, 40, uh, 40, uh, 39% from three. I think Tatum definitely showed in the playoffs that he was ready. Now, is he a superstar? I'll let y'all have that argument because I'm not sure. He has flashes of, of, of superstar, though. That's what's crazy about it. And, and if you call, and if you called him a superstar, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. If you said he wasn't a superstar, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put up a fight or an argument about it. But he definitely came up this year in that playoff run. And for such a young player, he has many deep playoff runs under his belt. He has a case. to be called the superstar. Number five. I gotta respect number five, man. Number five had a great regular season. And up until a, a, a facial bone injury, this guy was dominating the league. I truly feel like he was the MVP of the league. I think he got robbed of MVP in my personal opinion. A lot of people are not gonna like what I had to say about it, 
But number five is Joel Embiid. The process averaged 31 and 12 and four assists last year. That's a crazy regular season. He had all boxes covered, even with that injury to his face, 24, 11. 24 and 11, ladies and gentlemen. And, the, and guess what? Those are around his career playoff numbers. So I definitely think he's a top five player in the league, hands down. And he carried Philly, he put Philly on his back and carried them pretty far despite the injury that he suffered. And he, and he fucked some of his fingers up too and played on it. No matter what you could, no matter what you do, you just couldn't stop him. Jello beats, holler at me. Let's move on to number four. Number four um, had a very great season statistically. They got into the playoffs and did only won one game, but I could completely understand the team was missing. Their top two of their top three players on the team, and they met, still managed to get a six seed, even in the weak West. Number four, Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's the MVP of the league. He gotta be top five. Now, Joker ended up being the highest-paid player in NBA history during the offseason, and I understand. You pay your mans. You give your mans what you what he what he need. Last year he averaged 27, 14, and 8. It's pretty damn good considering the team that he had around him and taking that team to the playoffs, winning a game. You know, even Joker did better than Kevin Durant last year in the playoffs. This is what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. It's no disrespect. It's real shit. Playoffs, he averaged 31, 13, and 6. My goodness. Two steals in a block. Yeah, bro. Uh, this guy's a top five player, at least. And he continues to get better every season. Number three. Now, this dude was tearing it up throughout the playoffs. This is a guy who, again, I kept saying, born in the playoffs. I mean, Luka Doncic has had already some classic playoff games. You know, he ended up playing the Clippers, you know, and he was balling out. Like, look at his playoff numbers. He's averaging 33 points per game. Eight assists and nine rebounds in the playoffs for his career. Number three, Luka Doncic, ladies and gentlemen. Luka Magic has been cooking motherfuckers like Emerald Lagasse, nigga. Like, this season he averaged 28, 9, and 9. And he wasn't even healthy all season. And then when he got to the playoffs... He averaged 32, 32 points per game, six assists, and 10 rebounds. This dude is a problem, and he's going to continuously 
be a top five player probably for at least the next five years. And the killer is he's only 23 years old. Scary hours for the NBA. Number two, if not for us, a serious injury to his second best player, we could have saw a conference finals with Miami and them. Number two, Giannis Antipo Negro. Now, last year in the playoffs, Giannis was going crazy. He had improved his jump shot. He played 67 games, averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. That's around what he normally averages, ladies and gentlemen. 30, 12, and 6. I mean, if you said he was the best player in the world, I wouldn't fight you on it. In the playoffs, averaged 32. 32. 14 rebounds and 7 assists. Let's go to the numbers of that Boston versus Milwaukee series. I want to show you the numbers that he averaged in that series. Just to show you why I ranked this guy number two. This dude averaged 34, 15, and 7 against the Boston Celtics, the NBA champions. This is fucking crazy. You are listening to this. Number one, I'm pretty sure if I haven't said his name, you should already know. I mean, he's the finals MVP. He had the best playoff run last year, obviously. Number one is Steph Curry. Now, a lot of you Steph haters, man, like... Y'all try to do everything to not rank this man where he's supposed to be. The million dollar question is, what else does he have to prove? He averaged 26, 5, and 6. Those are his around his career numbers. Last year in the playoffs, he averaged 27, 5, and 6. Those are around his career playoff numbers. And mind you, he's 34 years old. You know, those shorter guards don't make it this far in their careers. You do know that, right? I mean, you can argue that he was maybe, that he might be the best player of his era. Because he's changed the game. He's got nigga seven foot three pulling out 35 footers so how come the person that took his team to a championship as the number one option as the leader as the finals MVP be number one and he did miss some time too and came back I got nothing else to say now that's my top 50 I understand that this is a long show but I had to explain 50 players and break down. So if you're still listening and you're not asleep, I'm proud of you. Even when I listen back, I'm probably going to doze off. I know this should have been two separate shows, but the Kevin Durant news had to be said. It was breaking news. But 
This is King Known Uncensored, the top 50 NBA players, and I'm gone.